The Alpha Sessions with Alan Joyce. So this is The Alpha Sessions. I'm Alan and I'm very pleased to be joined in the studio by Nata. Welcome. Hello. Thanks so much for coming down. Thank Great you for having me. Um, loads to ask you. A really exciting time for you at the moment because I know that uh, recently, as we record this, you've just released your first single, which we'll talk about. I have it indeed. It does sound amazing, by the way. Thank you. I've been listening to that in the car and it's been great. Um, so let's like talk that. about your story, which started in Moldova, which is where you were born, wasn't it? Yes. So where have your travels taken you in terms of how did you end up being in London? So um, I was born in Moldova. Um, and for the people who have heard of it, I'd be very pleasantly surprised. <laughs> I'd love to meet you. <laughs> um, really? People it's, haven't heard of Moldova? Yeah. So oh. people, so the thing is, when you say Moldova, people just kind of go like, is that the Eurovision country? Yes. Like, okay. <laughs> um, that's actually a different story. But okay. so I was born in Moldova. I kind of just grew up in Eastern Europe. Um, and I did music, focusing on musical theatre. Um, so I did acting and ballet and bits and pieces. And then when I was 13, I got a little deal um, of moving to Hertfordshire to go to Tring Park School right. um, to do musical theatre. It was a little scholarship and uh, I loved the idea of it. And I moved and here I am. This would be uh, 13. <laughs> I was 13, yeah. Wow. That's so I basically relocated to yeah. boarding school. And um, and then that took me to London when I was 16. Because um, I kind of got really fed up right. <laughs> with the whole boarding school um, vibe. And yeah, it was fun for a while though. So, and here I am. Had you been to London before? Is it your first time over here when you um no. Uh No. I So I used to do a lot of like... Uh, summer camps, programs, um, so everything I was doing back home uh, was kind of directed to the UK because there's no musical theatre industry in Moldova as such, so everything was kind of based on like different um, English foundation and charities and um, life kind of took me here. <laughs> So, yeah. so for those of us who don't know too much about Moldova, if you had to kind of sell it to someone as a, oh, you should go oh, here, like, <laughs> describe, describe what, what's uh, it, what's its good points. This is a really dangerous because my my like my family life is on the line <laughs> right now. <laughs> now you got to sell it. So like, it really like depends on what I say. Um, so it's okay. So. It got the reputation of being the most alcoholic country in the world. Right, okay. Right. That's a good place to start. <laughs> <laughs> it's an amazing place to start. Yeah. Um, but I can tell you why. I can't give you like technical terms for it, but they have a, a really sort of like big wine industry. Right. Um, it's pretty underrated because they have like these massive like vineyards and stuff. And um, a lot of the wine brands that people would know about actually come down to Moldova to grow their grapes and stuff. Oh, my mum could explain it so much better than me. <laughs> but um, so that's that's kind of what's happening. And there's a lot of access to wine, to cheap wine. Okay. And yeah, but it's, it's just a really funny, you know, thing to sell it with. So um, <laughs> I mean, you've sold it to Moldova. me already, but exactly. uh, yeah, right. Okay. The wine is really good, though, is like it? like. I released chocolate and red wine. That's my single, so obviously yes. you can you can tell. So this is where it all comes from. Come is from. It? Oh, okay, yeah. yeah, right, fine. We'll have to talk about that. Yeah. So any anything else that you would particularly recommend for Moldova other than the alcohol? 
<laughs> God, this made me sound so bad. Um, okay. Um, honestly, it's 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 a very yeah, it's a very underrated place. But it's also, I mean, if you're into history, right? So it's like um, it used to be part of the Soviet Union, mm-hmm. and uh, if you're into the whole post-socialist historical vibe, Moldova is the place to go. Um, and I know it's like the. I think it's like the least visited country in the world at the moment. Really? Yeah. Well, not which after makes you've it even talked more... about it. <laughs> <laughs> I sold it. Yeah. Um, which is more interesting to visit because it's kind of like, it's very, um, yeah, it's just a very post-socialist yeah. vibe. In terms of other places that you've been, for one thing, I know that you're trilingual, is that right? Yes. So what languages do you speak? So I speak Romanian, um, I speak Russian, and I speak English. Okay. And have you written any songs in, in the other two languages? Yes, but I'm, I'm not going to ask. But you they don't exist. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they only exist in my head. Um, I've, I actually tried performing. I've I started writing. I, I started a new thing. Right, when I write a song, and I get into this like really like melancholic vibe on the piano, yeah. and then I just like start wandering off in Russian. And I know that Regina Specht has done that before. So I try it a couple of times. I'm like, maybe one day this will come out. Yeah. So you, so in terms of your songwriting, you don't originally think of the lyrics in Russia, then you, you will no, write it in English. I definitely think, yeah. yeah. Okay. So how did the whole songwriting and performing thing start for you? At what age did you decide this is what you wanted to do? Um, so I wrote my first song. Um, okay, so... <laughs> I I tell people that I wrote my first song when I was 11. Right. But in reality, I wrote my first song when I was 8. Okay. Which should be more of like, you know, of, of a hype. But it's not because my first song was about a doll. Okay. So I don't want to embarrass myself. <laughs> so I just keep saying that my first like actual pop song when I be I wrote when I was 11. Mm. Um So you released your first song at 11 or you wrote No, no, I yeah. wrote my first song okay. when I was 11. Okay. Not eight, <laughs> but yeah. Um, I mean, it, so this this song that you wrote that you didn't when you were eight years old, do you mm-hmm. still remember it? I do. Yeah, but yeah. I'm not going to ask you to perform it. Don't worry. But um, I mean, did you perform it to people at the time in school? The eight year old song yeah. or the eleven year old song? Oh no, no, the eight year old song was about a doll. Okay. And um, I I remember writing it and I was I was living in Bordeaux back then and I approached my friend and I'm like, look, I wrote a song about a doll. And she's like, wow, you're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and, it's like, and then I thought it was really good, but obviously it wasn't. And then um, my friend was like taking, I wasn't, I wasn't into singing. I was never like a singer, you know, mm. just kind of got into singing because I was songwriting and musical theater. Um, but um, my friend was taking singing lessons at the time and, um, I, I was like, can I be your manager? Can I, can I be your manager and a songwriter? And you take this song and we'll make like a little pop star out of you. Um, didn't happen. So. <laughs> Gutting. Well, like, this yeah. Song's bad. <laughs> like, I'm going to prove you wrong. Absolutely. And here you are. <laughs> and, and so why did it take then three years to write your, your second song? Sorry, your first song. My first song. Um, I don't know. I feel like. Uh, oh, it was weird. You know when I so the the song that I wrote, aged eight. Um, it was it was a Romanian song, so what Moldovan song? Right. And then um, 
I wrote my first English song when I was 11, uh, which was really weird because I didn't like, I didn't think in English back then. So I was like- I say you weren't living in England then. No, so. I wasn't, but I kind of, well, yeah, I don't know, it was weird. So I had to like, I think my first language in my head back then was Russian. Mm. I'm pretty sure it was. Um, it's kind of transferred over the years, but I was, I remember translating the song bit by bit and then it actually came out sounding okay. And I recorded it a few years later um, and I posted it on YouTube. It's down now, but. Shame. <laughs> Can we have a campaign to get it back up again? Oh God. <laughs> it's not, it, I'm not, I'm not like embarrassed, you know, yeah. I'm definitely embarrassed of the eight year old song that I wrote, okay. but for the 11 year old, it's like, Okay. <laughs> and and were you listening to a lot of English music at the time? I and mean, what sort of stuff did you grow up listening to? Yeah, I mean, I I did. Well, hmm. uh, I feel like my genre at the moment is like highly influenced by everything. You know, everything is a combo. So, <clears throat> growing up, my dad would play a lot of like post-Soviet Russian music, right. um, <laughs> which is kind of like this weird sounding 90s Russian rock and roll and um, a lot of Soviet ballads as well, which I, by the way, think they're great because it like inspired my the melodic side of my songwriting. Mm. Uh, and then my mum would listen to this like, I, <laughs> I call it mum pop. Okay. <laughs> it's like the 90s, like, like the whole Mariah, well, Mariah Carey, it's not really mum pop, but you know, the- Westlife, was it stuff like that? Yeah, yeah. there we go. Um, loads of like George Michael and like all that good stuff and um so have you come to like that stuff now or does not, it still make you cringe a bit it doesn't I mean I, I definitely think that's great music um even my dad's like rock and roll Russian rock and roll and it did have an impact on this you know um but it's because also I'm a classical trained pianist well, that's a really bold statement, but well, I was I did classical piano lessons when I was younger, and then I graduated when I was like eleven from a music school. Carried on doing piano, so the way I write my songs from an instrumental point of view is pretty classical influenced as well. But nowadays, I listen to a lot of like pop and hip hop. Right. Oh wow! So, so a lot of different influences going on, which explains your sound. And we'll come on to the, <laughs> come on to that in a minute, um, but that I mean that's that's quite an eclectic mix, isn't it? Yeah. So, so what's on your, your, you know, if we were to look at your playlist now, what was on your Spotify playlist or something? Oh what sort of artists would be on there? Um, do you want me to like actually? I mean, you've got it I right can, in front I can of give you. you yeah. I can give you the last song that I listened to. Okay, you might. Oh, this is really risky. This, this could be dangerous. <laughs> this could be anything. Oh God. No, you got to say it now. <laughs> okay, so it's "Lover" by Taylor Swift. <laughs> Okay, interesting. Because yeah. actually, so many artists who come in here are massive Taylor Swift fans, but obviously yeah. they've gone down the more country genre. I'd be surprised if I met a songwriter, no matter what you write. I'd be surprised if I met a songwriter who isn't into Taylor Swift or did not have at least a Taylor Swift phase. Like, and and what is the reason for that, in your opinion? Um, I don't know. It's too much to say about this. <laughs> so even. Even okay, so going back to the eleven-year-old song, because um, I was doing everything classical at the time, but I was listening to a lot of like I started like developing my own music taste. And I remember listening to a lot of country music, um, 
not like root country, but like the pop country. So that was Taylor Swift back yeah. then, it's 10 years ago, Taylor Swift. And um, I remember thinking that this is so cool. Like the country is such a good, country has such a good songwriting structure and Taylor mm. Swift and all all that phase of the, the rising Carrie Underwood, X Factory, country, Kelly Clarkson was a thing. Um, I really wanted to feel like I'm part of that scene. So I feel like I wrote a song to like try out songwriting. And were, were you into the whole reality TV thing as well growing up? Not really, Did no, you have that so honest. much in Moldova? No, but I have a funny story about that. Okay. Um, when I was younger, I had a little TV phase. Um, so we had like, you know, you guys have Teen Star. Yeah. We had this similar thing in Moldova. I think they still do. So I went on Teen Star. I think I was like nine or 10. And um, that was fun. That's amazing. <laughs> and my first single was about my grandma. So these were cover versions, presumably, because you weren't writing songs at this age. So what sort of stuff were you performing on? No, I had, so I had a, uh, so it was all like Moldovan. And uh, yeah, so my first, my first song, they're all originals. So my mm. first song was about my grandma. Okay. That me and the guy who like produced it wrote, um, really, he wrote it for me. And he's like, there you go. It was all like really commercialized, yeah. obviously. Mm-hmm. Very Eastern European, like, mm-hmm. I made sure all those clips are down, by the way. <laughs> like, when I was growing up, I was like, right. You read my mind. To, I was going to Google that. Yeah. Everyone says that. Like, <laughs> do you have no idea how many people are still like hunting me about this? Yeah. Mm-mm. No way. But did you love the experience? Did you get a taste for it then? Was, was that the kind of, you know, around that time, did you decide that you wanted to do that as your thing? Yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah, I think that was the, that, yeah, that was a big step. I hate the weather, the traffic and the pressure, the way you say the people are capable of hate. The single coffees, those writers with no stories. I hate the fact that I can love myself the way that you do. Hey, would you stay in black and white? Would you run until the sky turns back to blue? I never meant to start a fight. But the shadow overtakes my love for you I've learned to run but I can't learn to stay I wish I had a heart that didn't stray My brain is like a wild fool and you can't stop the flow I'm trying so just keep loving me, both of us. I said I'm sorry and traced my territory. Cause that's what people do to just escape reality. And all the red lights will stand in the 
But you're here to tie my thoughts back to green Slowly painting my skies back to blue. That's a really constant fight, and I get confused between who's fake or true. I've learned to run, but I can't learn to stay. I wish I had a heart that didn't stray. My brain is like a waterfall, and you can't stop the flow. I'm trying quietly, so just keep loving me for both of us. I've learned to run, but I can learn new say. I wish I had a heart that didn't stray. My brain is like a waterfall, and you can't stop the flow. I'm trying quietly, so just keep loving me. Sessions with Alan Joyce. So let's fast forward then to you moving over here and doing writing school and everything. So how did your songwriting develop once you sort of relocated here? Um, uh, honestly, I don't know because I, I started writing a lot during my musical theatre days. So back in boarding school, um, say one year in, I realised that it's not really my thing, you know, it's everything. Musical theater, boarding school, um, homesickness. Yeah. So I started finding ways of get away from that and express myself. And uh, as you may know, like everything from the classical point of view um, in music, including musical theater is very grounding and character based. And I want to be myself. And I feel like songwriting, as cheesy as it sounds, allowed me to do so. Mm. And by like second year in boarding school, I basically dropped out of the vocational course. And I had um, an amazing like head of the course who kind of understood me and understood what I wanted to do, um, but couldn't really like drop me out, obviously. So she was like, here's a writing room. You have three hours a day, because it was a really intense like vocational training school. Yeah, three hours a day, write as many songs. At the end of the day, um, at the end of the trimester, I'll assign someone from like the A-level commercial music course um, to come and listen to your songs. And then you'll be under the supervision of someone who I never met. So it basically just gave me this like complete like creative freedom and a writing room. And I was like, fabulous. And I managed to write. And I had a lot to say. Yeah. And I managed to write maybe a good like 30 songs in one year oh, wow. with no like writing experience, you know. So it was like, the, like by that point, I probably wrote like three or four songs and then just completely like yeah. had the freedom to learn how to write. 
and and that was it for you was it, it was just someone sort it. of basically saying you know to give you that freedom to yeah. write whatever you wanted to yeah that was it and then yeah in terms of how you sort of structure your songwriting though mm -hmm. what did you learn during that course that you sort of didn't know before um so my the degree um Ah, uh, a lot. It it gave me that, um, you know, mathematical feel to songwriting that I never really gained before. Um, also, this is funny because when when I moved down to London, I did college, and I was supposed to do that for two years, and then I dropped out after one year to do a degree. Right. But I was going to do music business because that was kind of my interest all along. And um, that didn't work out because I can't remember. I think it was I didn't have enough credit because I was 17, et cetera, et cetera. So I had the choice of between doing studying an instrument, because I definitely wanted to say music, hmm. instrument or songwriting. And that's when I was like, all right, might as well. <laughs> yeah. But I never really thought of like, oh, songwriting is something I want to like study. You know, Yeah. Yeah. So it was fun. It was good fun. <laughs> That's amazing. So let's talk a little bit about where you're at now in terms of the <clears> songwriting, because as we mentioned, you've just released, or fairly recently released, your debut single, yep. which is very exciting, Chocolate and Red Wine, going yes. back to the theme of what we were talking about mm -hmm. at the start of the programme. Um, so firstly, tell us how the song came about and a bit about the song. Um, so I was studying songwriting <laughs> and I was first year, and um, that was kind of... Um, the peak of the course for me, and I think for everyone, um, because um, we had the the lessons were structured really, really well. So we had sessions. Um, come how many exactly? But say, so like two two sessions per week, where you come in and it's a lesson, a lecture. You study like style and genre, and then you study um, what was it? And you study like lyric writing. And you're assigned um, a song, type something, okay. theme. Mm -hmm. So every week was different. And then it started off for something really simple, like write a love song, write a song about family. And then um, that week, it was write a song about enlightenment, right? Mm. So let's say it was a Thursday. I'm just making it up. But like, let's let's say it was a Thursday. And then the song was due in like... No, let's say it was a Wednesday and the song was due on like Friday. So that Wednesday I didn't write and then Thursday I, w I had work and then I had a deadline to write a song by Friday or something. Um, and then we, so my friend had a gig on Thursday and um, it was like a headline gig, it was a big deal. We all went out. And I had a lot of wine. <laughs> okay. We're well, spotting the theme here. This is where it's, yeah. the story starts, really. Yeah. <laughs> but I had a lot of wine. And um, um, I was first year. Don't judge me. I was 18. <laughs> and um, I was not very responsible of the fact that I had a whole song to write for tomorrow. Mm. And I was basically going home um, rather tipsy and thinking to myself, how in the world am I going to write a song about enlightenment? <laughs> And at first, like when when we were assigned these things, like I'd usually think to myself on the train, like this is what I'm gonna do, make it a power. And I really wanted to write like a really, you know, deep spiritual song. It's a subject that would allow me to do so. And uh, then I'm 
there on the train back home at like 2 a.m. And I'm like, right, so what did I realize today? <laughs> Let's write this song about enlightenment. And I get home and um, I had um, I had like a person in mind that I really wanted to write about that I kind of happened to spend um, that day with. And I was like, I can rebrand, I don't have to write anything spiritual, you know, I can just rebrand the word enlightenment and write it, write what actually I, what, something that I really want to write at this current moment. Mm. And just like storyteller way. So at the piano, and I started telling the story about tonight, about the gig. And you can hear it in the song because it's like uh, my friend's headline, da 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 da. What's, what's the lyric? Something, something. <laughs> um, yeah, so he's so proud to do a headline. And it's all true. It's all true events that I literally just sat down and I was remembering and I was writing. And then I wrote everything in like half an hour apart from the last verse. And then I came back to it and rewrote the last verse again. I mean, added on last verse. And I had a song. And then when I played it in class, I thought it was really bad because it didn't actually, like the song doesn't have a chorus. Right. It's like a strophically structured mm -hmm. song. <clears throat> and then the class was like, oh my God, no, this, this should be the first single. I'm like, it's only like the fifth song that I write this semester, give it time. Yeah. But nothing better really happened. <laughs> <laughs> But that is presumably quite often the way that if you get other people to hear your tracks, they might spot something in the track that you didn't in the first place. It's true, yeah. It's honestly part of the reason I, I decided to make it my first single because over the years, the song's kind of become my brand um, and it's a strong metaphor to what I am as a person. Like Chocolate and Red Wine is just like th these attributes, you know, they're... They're like a symbol to my life and to the story that I tell in the song. So yeah. I was like, I, it has to be out. It has, I have to present myself to the world first. So. so once the song was written for Chocolate and Red Wine, did you kind of immediately know how it was going to sound? Because there's this it's very complex production and you've been involved in all parts of that, haven't you? So, so More or us, less, yeah. Tell us how it kind of transferred from what you originally wrote to how the final production came about. So I... Again, my style has really, really changed over the years because it's been oh, it's been three years since I wrote the song, nearly three years. But um, I write a lot more pop, like, mm, I can't define it, but I used to write a lot more like classical-based pop. So Chocolate and Red Wine essentially is that. It's very like instrumental on the piano kind of very extended to its biggest extent, you know, dramatic, theatrical. Mm. Yeah, and it's very orchestral production. Very orchestral. Yeah. So when I was like kind of fresh straight out of musical theatre, um, I did have a lot of theatrical influences and I started off even at uni first songs, first year, I would only write ballads, very dramatic ballads, similar to Chocolate and Red Wine. <laughs> so in terms of putting the production of it together. I mean, you play most of the stuff on there anyway, don't you? So, I, so this amazing guy called Aaron Thompson. <laughs> I love how I just like plugged it, <laughs> proper plugged it in there. He's, no, he's he's awesome. Like he's, um, so he produced the song. He's, um, we're working together on my second single, possibly, hopefully, third single as well. Third single as well. Um, he is um, a producer who, 
was kind of, you know, a gem to find for me because I initially wanted to make the song really orchestral and really dramatic, but I wanted to add in, I wanted to make it pop, you know. I wanted to keep it very down to earth and audio, audible, is that the word? Yeah, mm-hmm. for everyone and for all ages, etc. So I was like, look, I need something like super okay. I, I, I want to go to a classical concert with that song playing. Yeah. But I want like, I don't know, like a pop beat or a hip hop beat, like drama, yeah. dr- drama, drama to come in, to come on stage halfway through and start like just playing and improvising and doing their own bits. It's like, OK, cool. We can we can try and do that. I'm like, OK. Um, so he's uh, very familiar with orchestral music himself because he plays in an or- I think he plays a trumpet. Mm-hmm. We used to play in an orchestra. I don't want to get this wrong. Um, so he knows what orchestral music is about and he's a pop producer so it's a win-win and 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 this has basically sort of drawn together all the different influences that you've had over the years and and it's great and it's it's a really really good sound thank you Waiting for trains to take us home as sunrise Knocks on the door, so he don't miss the show at midnight Watching a friend play, he's so proud to do a Back of the room, chocolate and red wine People around, idealize earth they don't understand that I'll never belong to you. And keeping it silent is a heart when you're fine. After the night of chocolate and red wine. Don't think about us, I'm pretty sure there's nothing to say. Books lie about love and films portray the easy way. Nothing to hold on to in the city of mine other than you, chocolate and red wine. Loving you 
is not a crime Loving you is chocolate and red wine The Alpha Sessions with Alan Joyce. Um, in terms of performing it live, obviously the, the version that you've done today is, mm -hmm. is sounds quite different That's to right. that. I mean, how when you normally perform it live at some of your um, sort of regular nights that you mm -hmm. do, how do you normally perform it then? Is it done on on a piano or a keyboard? Or? Yeah, so I I do I do have a residency that um, should I mention now? Yeah, okay. let's do that. Now. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Um, I have a regular residency, um, two in fact, but um, one of them is more regular than the other one, uh, at Coupette in Bethnal Green. It's a lovely bar. They, they're actually in the top 50 bars in the world. They're pretty cool. Um, and it's kind of like a jazzy cocktail bar vibe. And I play there every Monday and Wednesday, 8 till 11 p.m., if you want to come down and see me. And this is free for people to just drop free in? Free for people to they drop in. They don't have to book in. tickets in advance or anything like Not that? Not at all. It's literally, um, I'm literally just a resident performer at a cocktail bar. Um, Amazing. So it's, it's a really, really good vibe. And it's really lovely. So that's where I play piano. And do you perform a lot of your original stuff there? Is it mainly covers or a bit of... Th it's, it's literally 50-50. So, okay. um, yeah. So if you come down to see me, you will definitely hear my songs as well as, you know, sing-along material, so. And from what we were chatting before, and you've already had people kind of asking for this uh, chocolate and red wine song, haven't you? Oh, Tell God. Tell the story. Oh, God. Um, so there was... <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to get in trouble for telling the story, but <laughs> so there was this group um, who came down to the bar, and um, they had a few drinks, um, and I think they were all in a meeting together, and one of them got a bit too drunk and was trying to take up the mic kind of vibe and then uh, basically came back and no because because I was like plugging my single I was like oh chocolate red wine chocolate red wine kept repeating it to him hit to himself and then comes back and goes like can I make a request for coffee and red wine please <laughs> and it's like wait what like coffee and red wine it's like oh she's not here it's like oh but I want to I want to hear coffee and red wine I'm like do you mean chocolate red wine it's like yeah yeah, yeah. Now, I would say that's ridiculous, but, but I made the same mistake earlier, so clearly that's the thing. <laughs> I don't know what that yeah. says about it's, us. Honestly, the thing is, like, it's it fits, it suits the vibe. I actually even spoke to the bar manager about this. I was like, can I please get a drink named after this? Like, coffee, just, just create something to do caffeine and red wine, and let's make it a NASA thing. Yeah. Let's make it... That's it, yeah. That could be, become oh, part be of what they Yeah, here we go. Honestly. I have to brand it after you. <laughs> um, so let's quickly talk about some of the sort of live performances that you've done. Mm -hmm. um, any particular highlights of venues that you've played? Oh, honestly, I've... Uh, I have played around, but I've also... I've... This is a really tricky question because I've played piano for people as well as have my own project. And... I only want to give myself credit for the one, the venues that I've played as my own yeah. project, yeah. you know. But there was this, okay, so out of the recent ones, because I've been doing a lot of residences lately, so I haven't been playing commercial gigs as much, is going to change very soon. But um, 
since so part of the residencies the uh, in summer i played this venue in san diego uh called les stats west it's really it's a really low-key venue you know it's like it's nothing special it's got these like old school like red curtains but it's like a very historical venue for singing songwriters jason raz like lives apparently around the corner and he and he plays he used to play the venue like really regularly they have these like iconic open mics and um that was a pretty that was pretty cool because they have this wall right where everyone like signs their name on the wall and you can you can see like pretty like big names in the industry and then i speaking of jason raz I signed my name right next to him, just like in bold letters, making sure that it's there. It's only a four-letter word, you know, easy to remember. That, exactly, that's clever. So, um, yeah, so everyone who sees Jason Mraz's <clears throat> name there is going to remember your name. That was good fun because I kind of became a regular while in California and I played a couple of gigs there, so that was pretty sick. And you mentioned just now that you played piano for other artists, so let's let's create a dream scenario. If you could play piano for any artist in the uh, world... Living or dead, mm. who would be the dream collaboration that you'd play for? I was literally thinking about it this morning because, oh, um, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. I get I get more nervous playing piano for other people than um, doing my own thing. Um, I don't know because it's oh. I mean, you know, this is okay. this is your once in a lifetime opportunity. Oh god. oh god I can't do this because right like okay let me let me break this down so I would love to play for Lady Gaga okay right amazing but you you can't really because she's such an amazing pianist and she plays piano herself and she's got this amazing I don't know it would be too much pressure but at the same time I'd love to play in like I'd love to have the title of say Post Malone's piano player on tour you know oh well like yeah synth player yeah so like it's it's a two-sided world that you can't really well you know post malone's a regular listener for this program so um <laughs> so you know if he's listening now posty you know you know mm. like posty yeah, posty exactly. honey I, I i wrote a song mentioning you so please i really you did yeah i okay. did <laughs> so let's talk about what lies ahead for 2020 what what are the plans for the rest of this year um <clears throat> So, um, can we expect some more new music? Yes, you can. So, I am uh, releasing my second single very soon. Hopefully, I don't have a particular date for it yet, but hopefully, end of spring. That's actually the deadline. So, by end of spring, it, was, it will be out. Um, and then I'm trying to carry on the whole seasonal cycle for the rest of the year. So, hopefully, summer, etc. And then um, I'm a resident artist at Capet. I also have a residency for Draft House. That's kind of spontaneous Thursdays. Um, Maurice Lee Camden. Um, I'm playing a few... I'm getting a band together now. Are you? Yeah. Excellent. So I'm getting a band together now and um, um, I'm planning on doing a few more trips that I don't want to jinx. Um, kind of similar to the California one, just play around and have a little tour. Um, many writing sessions amazing sounds so. like an exciting so more live music more new yeah. music just honestly just everything like yeah you're I can't... It in. <laughs> do you want to see my diary <laughs> <laughs> it's probably the only way because like putting myself on the spot is mm. 
Well, I mean, thanks so much for coming down today. I think we could have talked all day, probably, and we'll have to get you back to get an update on how you're getting on with all the new music mm. stuff. Um, but if people want to find out more about you, how can they find you? Um, so social media is probably, Instagram is probably the best way to get hold of everything. Um, so it's Nata and ATA, that's short for Natalie, that's my full name. Okay. <laughs> and um, music official altogether, pretty much on any social media. And I just released a single, Chocolate and Red Wine. Check it so out. Check it's, it out. It's a great tune. Hey, um, we're you. actually going to play out on um, um, another recent new song of yours that mm -hmm. may at some point be coming out called mm -hmm. No Rush. So tell no us rush. about that song. Okay, so uh, No Rush was uh, written. Oh, God, this is going to make me sound really bad, right? But so It's not alcohol again. Is yes, it, it is, is alcohol it? Oh, again. I believe it. <laughs> I know, right? In my defense, I just graduated. So okay. <laughs> the party scene, oh, the party same scene excuse, yeah. while you were a student. Yeah. Is great. No, but um, the funny story is that No Rush was um, written kind of in the same scenario, um, literally in the same scenario, um, same thing, only without a deadline. Okay. So there's no particular deadline, but it was kind of, um, I guess, on the same, yeah, I was just on the same vibe. After a night out, I had a gig in a few days and I just needed more songs. Um, so I didn't really have a strict deadline, but I did have a reason to write it for. And I feel like when I have something coming up and I want to, I feel like it. So with Draft House, that's a good example because I usually play once, once a month, once every three weeks. And when I have a gig coming up, I, I'm like, oh, I haven't written a lot in like three weeks. I need new songs because if people come down, they listen to the same songs, they're like, oh, Nata, like get yourself together. Yeah. So I rush into writing like a few songs in a day. I write half songs and I do like a little mashup of the new songs. Yeah. Um, so No Rush was kind of written in... In a rush. In a rush. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's a very, very sarcastic song um, where I hope that people can sense my tone because Chocolate and Red Wine is very like, this is me being mm. soft and vulnerable and uh, strong at the same time. But No Rush is kind of like... <clears throat> like this is sarcasm. Yeah. Um, well, imagine a sarcastic face as you're singing it. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> so Brilliant. yeah. Well, let's hear the song. Thank you so much for coming in. Thank you. Don't come back if you think about me once or twice a month. Not the perfect time. Show up out of the blue Oh how bloody rude of you Don't pretend If you don't want me to catch on fire and burn Anger building up Don't wanna go through this again Walking down the memory lane When you said you want me as a friend It's becoming a trend so open. You hate to lose and you get me confused when you said you refuse. Game over. I'm just got to write songs about you now. Ooh, you're my gosh, 
do for me somehow Like you've done Like I've done. Oh. 